Hello, I'm James Richardson. Well, a new season is upon us and The Athletic have big things in store on the audio front. For a start, I'll be here three times a week with the award-winning Totally Football Show featuring the likes of James Horncastle, Raphael Honigstein, Karl Anker and Rory Smith. Mark Chapman will go one better and bring you The Athletic Football Podcast four times a week powered by the cranial reserves of Adam Crafton, David Ornstein, et al. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast have had a brilliant Euros, thank you very much, and they are delighted to be returning for another full season of Women's Super League coverage. There's also eight dedicated club podcasts. There's Adam Hurry's joyous football cliché show. There's Michael Cox's insightful Athletic Football Tactics podcast. There's the Essential TIFO Football Podcast and Whisper It, a revamped football manager show too. Ooh something there for everyone. You can find all of those wherever you get your podcast or listen ad free on the Athletic app. The Athletic. The first game of the new Premier League season gets underway at West Ham on Sunday, so it's time to gear up for another nine months of nerves about every single dropped point. You've all been desperate for it to return, so just wait for the next time City don't win and Liverpool do. You'll all be hating the pressure it's back, I promise you that. Uh, welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. With me is Sam Lee. Hello. Welcome back, Sam. How's move go okay? Yeah, very well, very well. We're sitting in it now. Good. Um, still got all the walls on the ceiling on, so can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, Paul Bias is here as well. Hi, Paul. Hello, hello. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Hope you well? Yeah, fine. Uh, feel like I've never left. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, you can read everything on City and more in The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash pod and sign up. You'll get these podcasts without the ads as well, so just sign up at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Um, let's start with uh, the Kukurea stuff, uh, Paul, because as Sam's been finding out this week, it's it's maybe not as easy to move ever, move one thing from, from one place to another really smoothly and easily, is it? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Now, I mean, in the situation right now is that Kukurele is almost almost certainly not going to City. Um, I think that it's quite advanced, the fact that he's probably going to go to Chelsea and City, yeah. I mean, we um, we were told last week that it was fair to say that City were like focusing like on other targets um, and just seeing how things are panning out with Chelsea just going strong in him. I think that the difference of money between City's limit offer and, and what Chelsea is basically offering is big. So, yeah, it's basically, I think that it's a matter of time to see him going to Chelsea unless something major and unexpected happens, basically. Yeah, Sam, um, it, it, we've been saying for, I mean, since the beginning of time that City need to address the left-back problem. I really thought they'd, I really thought they were, this was going to be the summer, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what I suppose what I would say is, whenever they've had these things before, normally not normally they've waited a year. But when they didn't get Jorginho or De Jong, they got Rodri, and everyone's very happy with that. They didn't get Kane, they now got Haaland, everyone's very happy with that. Um, didn't get Maguire, they got Diaz, and you know Diaz was like the kind of third choice that summer, and everyone's very happy with that. So I suppose if they can kind of summon that spirit of twenty twenty and and get a Diaz esque left back, then kind of then tr- great. Trust um, the process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like it's yeah, it's certainly not ideal. But um, I mean, I've 
I've not been on Twitter so much this summer anyway, and even at the end of last season. But like, I've definitely tried to give it a bit of a wide berth last couple of days because I get, you know, from stuff I'm being sent and stuff, I'm, I'm definitely getting the vibe that the heads of, are falling off a bit. Like, I get it. Like, look, Guardiola's not happy about having, like, nobody's going to be happy about having two fullbacks for the season. That's not what they want. This isn't the, the position they're expected to be in. We've got an article that, that me and Paul put together Monday night, you know, thought it would have been out by now. I think. I think the desk are maybe a bit concerned that, you know, we'll write an article saying this is how it's got to this point and why it's all fallen apart and then suddenly City sign him. But I suppose it's explain. Like, it's just not going to happen. So this article really probably, you know, could have gone out already. But this isn't a situation anybody expected to be in. I I personally think, I'm not sure Paul fully agrees because we had this conversation in person yesterday. I personally think there's a bit of the Harry Kane situation to it in the sense that, the agent and the club thought it'd be fine. And obviously it wasn't because Brighton were just like, well, no, you actually pay us this money. Whereas th- throughout the summer, there was this feeling that there'd be a compromise and it'll be reached eventually. Because like, never mind Paul's info, which has been amazing. But like what I've heard as well, and, you know, when they sold Zinchenko, there was no, no, no concerns. No concerns, yeah, yeah. They weren't going to, they were, they, they weren't going to get a left back, that they weren't going to get anybody. It was like okay, this this will be absolutely fine, and like yeah, and obviously now a few days before the season starts, they they need to go out and find somebody. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those, and I'm trying my artist, and I'm sure Paul's trying his artist to get the name, and I'm sure Orn Orny's trying his artist, and Fabrizio, and everyone, you know, everyone's trying their artist. Jack's on holiday this week, so we might have we might have a bit of a better chance of him not getting it, um, <laughs> but it's. Uh, yeah, like everyone's trying to find out, but it's probably going to be one of those where, if it's like some Dutch guy, it'll probably come out in like a Dutch paper. You know, it, I've I've got a feeling it's going to be one of those, and then it'll be somebody that City have wanted in the past. I don't think I don't think I'm this. I don't know. So if it's Grimaldo, I'm going to look stupid. But I get the feeling with Grimaldo, he's been linked too often for City to actually be interested. Like Grimaldo gets linked to City every summer, and I just for that reason, I'm thinking no. But like, yeah, exactly. But like when it was Diaz, well, I remember I remember where I was when I saw a tweet saying City were getting Diaz. I was like, fuck off, surely not. Because I remember saying the summer before, they like this guy Diaz, you know, but they can't free up a they can't free up a um like a foreign player slot because yeah. Mendy's not going. So and I kind of put it completely to the back of my mind and then they went to him. So it, I'm sure it'd be someone they've been sniffing around before, and it'll just be interesting to see whether it's a name that's Come come across our radar before, whether it's been on Twitter before, you know, whatever. It, it will be interesting to to see where they go. But um, I suppose, as Paul was saying the other day to me, it's not quite Kane because when Kane didn't happen, it was like, well, they wanted, you know, they thought Kane was the absolute best. But you know, obviously Guardiola loved him, and the idea that they were going to get Kane was amazing. There's not really an alternative to that. But with a left back and like a backup left back, obviously a good one because they really wanted Kukurea and he's good, but there should be more options. But the closer you get to the season, you know, the harder it's going to be to get teams to sell. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens. But you'd imagine over the next few days, we'll have a much better idea of who it's going to be because they have to move fast. Yeah. I, I, I'm interested, Paul. I mean, you, you used the words trust the process before. Um, it's like, I, I must confess, like Sam, I'm one of those whose heads fell off about the the potential of not having a left-back for, for the start of the season. But, um, I mean, Paul, the, the, the window is open for a, another month yet. There is there is time to do negotiations and to get a player in, even if it's not for the start of the, of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that'd be 
if you ask Pep, which is like the perfect scenario, he he wouldn't say that the perfect scenario if what he has right now, because probably, um, of course, he would have liked to have Kukurella at the beginning of the preseason and just to have worked with him along the preseason and just to see how he can fit on the team. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that we have said quite a lot in this podcast that Mar- that the transfer window often doesn't go according to plans. And I think that this I, I, I thing thought this is, was the one, you know. I thought I thought this was yeah, the summer. Yeah. Everything went perfectly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I think that this this Kukurella thing just exemplifies how um, how the market has been for for Man City, and it, and it's a thing that we try to explain a lot on the piece that we have put together with with Sam, like everything with the timings, how it has influenced um, City not going for Kukurella, like, like let's say in June, because they had like other priorities or other needs to to address um but yeah basically i mean i think that chicky still have time um they can sort out like some kind of 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 like backup solution because as sam was saying it's not like a like a center forward and, and a striker which is such like a pivotal piece and it's not because when city was looking like like for a striker they were looking for a big name for a big profile it's not that kind of situation with the fullback right now. So if I had to make a wild guess, I'd say that probably they will probably look for a lower profile than Joao Cancelo because what they want is like for a player that can give rest, push like Cancelo and Walker to their best level, but doesn't need to be like a big star fullback. That's my opinion or my guess, as I was saying. Um, But yeah, we'll see like in those weeks two or three weeks that are um, just on, that are just until the end of the transfer window let's see what Chiki can do basically yeah just on the on the money as well Paul uh, I mean, the the thought that city were were, were just never going to match Brighton's valuation I mean there is there is a side of this where the reports that I saw from David Ornstein were that uh, Chelsea were paying now above 50 million well the, the yeah. feeling, the feeling among a lot of City fans was, well, if City are going to forty million and Brighton are saying no, fifty million and, it, and it's yours, just pay the extra ten million. But now it turns out that maybe it might have not been just that extra ten million. If City had gone in with fifty, Brighton might have renegotiated that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing that I mean, I don't want to spoil all the piece that we're going to do with Sam, but that's another thing that we include on that piece, which is in the negotiation between Brighton and Man City, Brighton never really set a price tag. They never really like set a number or a figure that Chiki or City had to reach to to have an agreement. Um, they just vaguely mentioned that they um, rated Kukurella higher than Ben White, um, and I think that this is what they want to get with Chelsea. Um, they want to get like a like a transfer deal that can exemplify that they rate Kukurella higher than, than Ben White, basically, because they think that he's kind of three players in one, because he can play as a centre-back, as a full-back, or as a wing-back. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, I think that City has been quite clear with this policy in the last five, six, seven years. And I think it's quite right, to be honest, because all the clubs know that when City focus on one target and on one player, they really go after him. But um, until certain limits. And I think that's that's what has set um, City's operational policy, and it's it it hasn't gone bad so far until now. Um, so let's give this trust to Chiki, to the project, and to the club, basically. 
Yeah, Sam, the... There's, uh, there's this thing as well, sorry, you know, people always say like, oh, with Jorginho or, you know, any of the players that went to United, it's like, oh, it's a bullet dodged or whatever. But we also get people who say City should just pay the extra money, but it's kind of like, if... if and look, it's difficult, because I'm not saying the same people are saying those things, but there must be a crossover somewhere where certain people are saying, oh, that was a bullet dodged, but are also saying... Oh, we should just pay the extra money. Like, well, I mean, let's, 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 for everyone. yeah, let's take Maguire for instance on that one because I, exactly. I was, I was one of those who said, um, like, I think I, Maguire uh, would have been fine. Too, yeah, but, but, but my, my position on Maguire at the time was, I, I don't think he's the guy that that solves the problems. But if City do, hmm. then they should just pay the money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And sure. now yeah. looking back at it, I do think, well, you know, I'm kind of glad he didn't come to City. But that was oh, that was kind of half my position already. So maybe maybe it's not the best example, but it, it, like I, I do see what you mean. I, I, there must there there will be some crossover somewhere. Yeah, there'll be. It's just you can't have it both ways, really. And and like it, it tends to work, doesn't it? And I saw a funny a funny tweet earlier um, from 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 um well i wouldn't say our mate because i've only met him once but but gaz he was like mark cookerea was a social experiment just to see how wound up people would get no how wound up people would get and want to urge a club to spend 50 million on somebody who doesn't actually exist or we (laughs) we invented two months ago it's like it's funny you could say at the start of the summer that city want any player in the world no matter how shit they are and within three months if they haven't signed him loads of people are going to be like desperate for him to come like it's it is very much a a bit of a mania at the minute, isn't it? But my point being, City transfer policy, it's like, it's like, look, if Guardiola fucks up or he's perceived to have fucked up, like, who cares? Like, once in however many, once in a hundred times or whatever that he fucks up, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Normally, it's spot on. And also, he knows far better than I do. So I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, he's a fucking idiot. Why didn't he do that? Because what position am I in to do that? And it's the same thing with the transfer policy. It's worked so well in the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, okay. They've, maybe drop the ball on this one a bit like they and like they know they know they've messed up and they're trying to put it right but it's like okay yeah we, we, well it's like after the Real Madrid game we can sit and say fuck me that was terrible wasn't it but there's nothing more to be d- done into it than you don't need to take massive conclusions yeah okay yeah, fucked up with this one maybe but it'll be alright <laughs> yeah. it, it, it happens yeah does it does it benefit future transfers though Paul to, to not just bow to other clubs demands and, and pay what they want because because they can i mean this is let, let's let's take a look at, at city as a as a business this summer they've made more they've made more in player sales this summer than anybody else ever so it's yeah, like, yeah. It, like like there's there's oh, the, the selling clubs know that city have got money to spend yeah um i mean i think it does um because basically when city is i mean 40 million for kukurella i don't think that is a bad price tag um, I get or I can understand that Brighton wants to get like the maximum amount of money possible and they have the player under under a multi-year contract and they can hold on this. Um, but the thing, I've, I mean, the point I want to reach is that City, when they want to sign a player, they know that they will have to pay money for it and they are not, I mean, they can spend money, but they want to do it like in a... Um, responsibly, fair, yeah, yeah, in a fair bracket, yeah, re- responsibly, basically, um, and that's going to be, I think that's going to be like their 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 policy from the coming years um, until Chick is here at least and Pep is here. Um, I mean, it's going to keep that way, and I don't think that Pep is mad at, at Chicky for not having probably the players that he would have wanted to have in into the club because he understands that this is a club, this is a business, and this have to be managed as you were saying responsibly. 
Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's look at the more on the pitch side of things now, because uh, obviously we've had the community shield. Um, there's a, there's a few lessons I think we can learn from this game, Sam. Uh, and I think lesson number one is rather simple. Is yeah, I, I think it's rather <laughs> simple. It's not just a case of stick Harland up top and you'll score lots of goals, is it? It's like oh, everybody right. has to adapt to something. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, so two things I want to say about that. One is maybe on Monday morning after he scored 15 goals against West Ham. <laughs> we'll be saying yeah Got it, is, it, it is just works doesn't it yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean the thing is yeah um it's, it's quite funny because i was saying this to naden the other day like if harland has a shit first season i'm never ever getting excited about transfer ever again like i'm never writing where x fits into man city style of play i can tell you why they wanted him but i'm, I'm there will be zero buzz from me because surely he's gonna It'll be fine, um, but it's it's quite funny because like when Phillips, I wrote about Phillips, which was very kind of muted, muted. It was kind of like where he fits in, but there was quite a lot of it. Like, but don't expect too much because we've seen that players take a lot of time. Well, not a lot of time, but a season maybe to settle in. And you know, I think he's going to need time to settle in. I've said Alvarez is going to need time to settle in for various different reasons. Um, but I've always thought, oh, Harland will be fine now. My logic for Harlan, which I've said before, is he's going to he's going to get so many chances. And I said this on I did American radio on Friday night, and I said unless he forgets how to shoot, he's going to score loads of goals. And then obviously, lo and behold, on that day, <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of, he kind of forgot how to shoot. But um, like it's this is kind of so Aguero. So I was watching, I was flicking through that Aguero Twitch stream because you know there was that quote about oh he's he's used to the Bundesliga or whatever. So I was flicking through it to to see and. Those those Aguero streams are great, and I've, I've we've talked about them in the past in the sense that you know they're really funny and he's like pisses around and he's just like a really likable, hilarious guy, um, and he is. But the the stuff he says about like little glimpses into city, what he says about football is really interesting. Like the he was quite he wasn't like taking the piss out of Haaland or, or anything like that. And like at another point because he had Luis Suarez on, and he was like, he goes, well, what about Haaland? He goes, do you think he goes. He goes, we'll see how he does. He goes, do you think he'll score goals? He goes, I do. Like he'll have, he'll have plenty of chances, and that was what he said there. But there, there was loads of other things that are just really interesting. But that's basically what I think about Haaland. Like Grealish was out wide and having to do different things and blah 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 blah. Everything people know already. Haaland is just going to be in the box uh, for a lot of it. So I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he'll, his link up play won't be so good, or you know, maybe there'll be time to gel. But most of the time, he's going to be in the box. He's going to be getting chances. He knows how to score goals. He's going to score loads of goals. We'll we'll be focusing on the goals he scores. Pep might focus privately on the movement and stuff, and it'll all be fine. But um, if he does forget how to shoot over the course of a season, then Christ, like it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be mad. But I mean, it's 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 funny because obviously the I've not seen too much reaction to the community shield like obviously i gather some of it and this is more from like fans and memes and stuff was over the top even like the comments on like aguero's twitch stream about like nunez being better than harland and all this stuff i was just i don't want any part of this but i saw simon bukowski tweeted a piece from gabriel marcotti saying like this is the most sensible thing written on harland and i read it and it was just a kind of what the hell are you doing basing it on 90 minutes like, obviously this guy's great kind of thing but, and like that's spot on but where i well, my view on it and this isn't me saying this is how it should be done because this is a very bad thing to say for a journalist but my view on it when it's things like that i, I don't even want to write the fucking article i was so glad i didn't have to write 
a piece from that game on Saturday because I was off because obviously Thank with you. the house move and everything. <laughs> yeah. I was so glad because like if I, I I just I just don't see the point in writing anything about like oh Harland blah, 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 you don't need to tell him. Nobody needs to tell him that it's yeah. that, like but obviously that's not a very good journalistic way because if that was the case then you'd never write anything. Like I'm I'm trying to slowly get to a point in my career where I get paid my annual salary for not doing anything. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just. But it's, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm reluctant to even talk about it now because, okay, the game didn't go his way at the weekend. Yeah, okay, he is going to need to adapt. Um, most likely going to be fine. But as soon as you start saying most likely it's going to be fine, it sounds like you're already kind of making excuses for for the, It's just, I just want to avoid it at all, at all costs. Yeah, basically, yeah. there's a, there's a few there's a few talking points in inverted commas per season that I just don't even think are worth talking about. Like when they lost the Community Shield last year. I wasn't going to talk about Harry Kane. When they lost to the Spurs, I wasn't even bothered. When they lost to the Spurs in the first game, I just wrote about Grealish's movement and stuff. Because I was like, well, we knew well, we knew they weren't coming into the season in great shape physically. And that's another thing Aguero said, actually. He was like, they've only played two games in the last 10 days. He goes, normally you play four or five. But he was like, Pep doesn't like um, preseason games. He's like, I don't know why. He goes, maybe, maybe you'll think players get injured or whatever. But he's like, Pep doesn't like playing preseason games. Um, so there's loads of little Aguero things. Like and he was saying yeah. he always he was like he always I think he was saying he always kind of took him a while to get going in August and I think I think he was talking about a community shield was there a community shield where he scored both goals was that against yeah. Chelsea Chelsea, Chelsea. He won, Chelsea. Won Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he he was like he was like he um he, he had one day back in training and he was knackered and then the second day a bit better and then Pep was like right you're playing against Chelsea and that was he said that was like August the 4th or something and he was like, really? And he was like, I'm, I, guess I, I guess I can't play. I'm, I'm fucked, basically. And he was like, anyway, we scored two goals. He goes, I scored two goals and we won. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously part of that is about Haaland and part of it is just about if if there's any kind of grasp of Spanish out there, just watch those Aguero streams because they're, they're brilliant. There's loads they're of other stuff, stuff in there. Yeah, we yeah. might come to it, it later on. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. brilliant. He might not be b- 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 very happy, actually, with English media, maybe because he's been like on the front cover of several outlets with his quotes when he, I think that he didn't intended like to make a point to Holland or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be surprised because when I saw those quotes, I was, oh, okay. But when I saw it, I didn't find that bit because it was a three-hour long stream. Yeah, I've probably yeah, yeah. seen maybe about an hour of it. But everything he said about Haaland and stuff was, it certainly wasn't, oh, this guy's shit. And it, it wasn't like a big schadenfreude thing. It wasn't, there was no bitterness that this is the striker, you know, doing my job. There was, there was none of that. Um, it, while we are talking about it, he, he was talking about Bernardo because maybe it came up in the comments or maybe it just came up um, with whatever comes into his head. But he was talking about Bernardo and possibly leaving. He was like, that would be a bad deal for City. He was like, Barca would get the better deal there. He was like, Bernardo, he goes, you can play in like five different positions. That is so good. He goes, you can't get the ball off him. He was like, you just can't get the ball off him. He talked about, in all these great Argentinian words about like the, the abilities he's got. And he was just like, and he was like, because as we all know, Pep doesn't guarantee minutes to anyone. And he was like, "What did he say?" He went, "Not Bernardo Silva, not Kun Aguero." He went, "Not." He went, "Not Haaland." He goes, "Oh, we'll see about Haaland." And he went, "Messi." <laughs> he goes, "Not Messi." Me- he was like, "Messi was different." He was like, "Messi was different." But he was like, "We know that Pep's not going to give minutes to anyone." He was like, "Maybe Bernardo just wants to to play more." And he was like, "But it would be a bad deal, kind of thing." And yeah. then he said, I th- "I'm pretty sure he said, Pep during Guard during um, Aguero's farewell." So around maybe after that Everton game at the end of the season before last. Um, he was saying Pep asked him about Grealish. He was like, "What do you think about Grealish?" Uh, that, that's what I, that's what I understood of it anyway. So there's just loads of little interesting things in there, and I think he said, "You know, Grealish is gonna." He goes, "I think this will be Grealish's season," kind yeah. of thing. 
Um, but yeah, I know there's a massive detour, but I, I find it interesting. And also, if you see those Aguero quotes, you might just think it's a kind of like snarky environment, but it's actually, it, it is but really it's good. Like, it's not. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like, so, I mean, obviously, it's not the most accessible for us because it's in Spanish. And, you know, the vast majority of people listening to this aren't going to speak Spanish. But the accessibility of such a top player, and especially from the city point of view, is great. Yeah, really good. Really good. This season, following your team on The Athletic is better than ever. Our brand new match blogs give you real-time updates so you'll get all the stats you need to know as they happen, from XG to XA, from progressive carries to PPDA, and so much more. You'll now get the same level of unrivaled insight from The Athletic during the 90 minutes as before and after kickoff. The Athletic's match blogs are the essential companion for everything you need to follow the game. See for yourself on The Athletic app and at theathletic.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Paul, just focusing um, on kind of Haaland settling in at City, there, there, there was there was a couple of moments I thought in the, especially in the first half, where he went to make a, a run in behind, and De Bruyne just held onto the ball a couple of, for another couple of uh, touches, and it, and then Haaland was clearly in an offside position, and and it, it never got released. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? That that just needs kind of fine tuning, I guess, rather than any sort of worries about whether he's going to score or whether he can remember to shoot, as Sam says. Like that, yeah. that that's just what it's just kind of like team setup, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say just a matter of time. I, I mean, it's just a matter of time just to get these connections that he mentioned on his first pressure at the club um, with with his new teammates. But yeah, just my conclusion after the game is that, and and probably that take is, was not the same like with all the journalists. But my take was like, Haaland is not to worry here. He's gonna score. He's gonna score. He's gonna have plenty of chances to score, and he's gonna do it. Um, I'd say that probably like the biggest concerns in the game were probably knowing that City were not like at their best fitness level, that probably the build-up wasn't as um, swift as it used to be um, at the end of last season, and that defensively, I think that probably the team was more shaky than, than yeah at some point of last season. I think that through the right flank of Liverpool's attack, they hurt a lot Cancelo and Jack Grealish. Um, I think that part of Jack Grealish's performance um, was down to um, not being able to attack a lot. And when he has to defend, um, he struggles more, of course. Um, but yeah, just in terms of Haaland and the connections, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time. That's That was my guess. And I think that as, as long as City gets better in those like small details, like the build-up, like the pressure, like how to be more stable like in defence, everything is going to be much better for Haaland because they're going to have more the ball, they're going to have more time just to sort out which are the best movements or the best passing lines passing lines for Haaland. So, yeah, I would. I think that the best way to keep Haaland switched on is just to improve the way the team 
as a whole place, basically. Yeah, and I, like yeah. As, uh, Sam mentioned before about forgetting to shoot. Um, I just, I've just remembered he did actually get the ball in the net, but it was uh, the ball had gone behind for a goal kick, and like that like was a, a, yeah, okay, the ball was out, but he still finished it well. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, even even now, well, we're kind of in the in the realm of you know, like the more you kind of make a case for him, the more it sounds desperate. But yeah, he'll make a case for himself soon enough. Um, yeah. like, look, he has already. Like over the last couple yeah. of years, yeah. Um, and yeah, like I read a couple of reports about it, and you know, not on the same wavelength as his teammates or whatever. It's like you could you could easily put that down to the fact that a lot of his teammates play crap. Like De Bruyne, I thought it was interesting because um, Aguero said he thought De Bruyne played well. I thought De Bruyne was shocking. You know, like when he drops one of those performances where it's just everything just goes wrong. And obviously, yeah. the fact it's in the Community Shield, who gives a shit? Fine, but it was like if you're going to talk about Haaland, then it's like talk about the players trying to find him. But basically, none of them played well, um, and also you've got the the big fitness gap. You know, Liverpool had two more games. Yeah, it does it does make a big difference. I know Adam Hurry was kind of talking about this in the in the football cliches pod the other week, as if like you talk about somebody being ahead in preseason by a week, as if the team who were behind have got like concrete boots on and literally can't do anything. And it sounds a bit stupid, but like I think two, playing two more games at preseason does make a a big big difference and. Look again. It's, it's it sounds like one of those things you you bring up when the team you cover loses. But I was sat here watching it with my dad, and I was like, "Well, kind of what you expect." Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny enough, Paul, because that was uh, going to be the other lesson I was uh, going to suggest we could take from it. That two preseason games might not be enough to get everyone up to speed. Um, because it, it, it was fairly obvious that fitness. I mean, even fitness wise, City were were not on the same level. Liverpool came out of the traps, and and City were just kind of they, they were surviving for that opening twenty minutes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that yeah, that's that's clear that Liverpool was quite on top on the first twenty minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was a fitness issue. It, it it probably was, or just a matter of that City not playing good enough. But yeah, I think yeah, just give them time. Just not take too many conclusions from from uh, from the Community Shield game. That um, it's not even considered an official game by David Mooney, so we don't have to worry too much about that. <laughs> It is. I mean, I, I've not even got into the debate of whether Alvarez has scored on his debut or not, because that's oh, that's yeah. a that, that, that's an all, that's a whole other yeah, uh, yeah. side issue. Um, I mean, Sam, if I'm being brutally honest and kind of assessing the 90 minutes of performance, I'm going to say I don't think City played that badly. I don't think they played well, and I don't think I, I, I it wouldn't go into a kind of like in terms of a category of performance, it wouldn't go into a good category. Um, but it seemed like sharpness was the issue rather than than anything else, and. Uh, kind of, I, I I thought the three-one scoreline was ultimately pretty harsh on City in the end. I thought I, yeah. I, I thought they were yeah. I thought they were the more dangerous time, more dangerous team at, uh, for spells, and then Liverpool go up the other end, get a. I mean, it's a penalty that that is one of them where you just have to put it down to bad luck, I think, and then um, they hit the on the break at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, it didn't it didn't feel like a three-one game? Like, even though you know Liverpool were dominant for periods where maybe they could have got a couple of you know maybe. A, Maybe it, you could argue that at halftime it should have been two 0 or whatever. But yeah, there were times when, when to borrow a Guardiola phrase, City were there, and you know it looked like they were gonna, they were gonna do something. But I mean, honestly, I, I, I feel like we're in the, we are really in the realms of overanalyzing something that really doesn't matter. Um, in terms of the penalty, like I know, like as soon as you see it, you think, well, it's gonna be a pen because that's that's the laws. That's that's how they're written. You know, if your arms up like that, but it should be taken into account that fuck, the head was going wide, like. It, it was of no danger, and, and I know, and I know you, it's very difficult to make that into the law because probably you'd end up causing more problems for yourself. And 
and you could never quantify it and you can never actually tell and then you need like Hawkeye like in cricket to work out where it's actually going to go head was going wide it wasn't it was it was of no consequence and again this is gonna this is my Burt goggles on but the Matip one when he kind of fell over and headed it onto his hand and I know like if the hand's supporting you it's not a penalty but isn't that like surely that was that part of the law was written so if you're sliding in and the player cuts inside and it hits your arm and it's kind of accidental you can't be you can't have a penalty against you for that but it's like if you kind of head the ball onto your hand and the most relevant thing for me was that ball was going to Haaland yeah. Like around the penalty spot. There was more danger in the one that Matip stopped than the one Diaz stopped. But the laws being the laws, the Matip one was never going to be a penalty. And I'm not saying it should be a penalty under the current laws because that's not how they are. And you know the Diaz one is always going to be a penalty. But we have this debate every season several times about penalties, not just City, but other games. The 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 interpretation of handballs are fucking stupid. And if you look at the danger of those two, then the Liverpool one was worse than the City one. But again, that's not a City should have had a penalty. They deserve to win. I cover City, therefore, blah, 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 blah. It's just, a, that's my honest observation from from those two things. And it's more of a broader point about the state of football yeah. than but if talking I'm, about a game that no one's going to care about on, on Monday morning when City have done whatever they've done against West Ham or we'll be talking about that. Yeah, and if I'm being perfectly honest with the Diaz one, it's one of those where I don't think his hands can go anywhere else from where he's he's being. Well, and I don't, there's I don't, that as well, for I, sure. And I, and I don't think you can't. I don't. I don't think you can not award a penalty. Can you call it unnatural. That. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, it's just bad luck. I don't. I don't think like it, it's one of those where it'll always be given, and I think it'll probably always should be given. But like, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, Paul, I want to talk about Grealish and Mares because uh, I think the feeling from that first kind of hour or so was. They would very much benefit, I think, from having a fullback that could overlap them, especially on that left-hand side. And we've just talked, you know, for a good twenty minutes about about Kukurea. Um, does is that a massive problem if City don't get that this summer? Now, who knows? It can be. It cannot be. Um, I think that I mean we have we have discussed that that British has been sharp on precision. He has played good in the US. Um, it was in his first game against Liverpool, to be honest. Um, I don't know, to be honest, I think that it's important and it could be a concern if City goes with two fullbacks plus Josh Wilson has run into the season. That could be a concern, but not just for Grealish or Mares, but basically for the team itself. I mean, that they need to rest. They need to have like people behind them that can play um, in some games, but not just play in some games when they rest, but to push them to the best level. Um, to know that they have someone in their, just in their back, just yeah, um, waiting for them to to not be on the best level to play. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah, I think that the Grealish and Maris game was more of a fact that City as a whole wasn't playing great. Um, and City wasn't holding the ball as they would like to. City wasn't going out from the back as they would love to. So it wasn't more about of that. And then Foden and Julian Alvarez, of course, they got into the pitch with a full new energy. Um, and they were great, actually. And well, I actually wouldn't be surprised if if Foden starts on the on the weekend because I think that he deserves it. Um, we but start, yeah, we start over us. I think he won't, but that's my wild guess. Um, but as far as we know, we know that Pep and all the coaching staff is more than delighted with 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 Julian Alvarez, with the attitude that he has on training, how he just put a good shift in every training, how he presses. I mean, they are quite impressed on the with the way he, he presses out on the defences. So I think that he probably could fit in that Gabriel Jesus role, um, that Gabriel Jesus figure 
that was like a pressing forward that um, can take the role that the team needs and be a good influence in the dressing room. Yeah, uh, I think that he can do that. And that probably City could one of the best deals of the transfer window with him. Yeah, Sam, the, there, there is a, a little niggling worry that I have. Uh, if Even if they get a, a fullback in and, and, and sort everything out like that. Um, we were saying in, when was it? It had been April last season when they played uh, Liverpool, Atletico. Uh, it was Liverpool, Atletico, Liverpool, Atletico, or the other way around, or mm. whatever the, the, the run of form, uh, the run of fixtures was. Um, there comes a point where the squad, as full of talent as it is, it's very small, and it can only it, like you, you get four key games in a row like that. The four by the fourth yeah. one, you're kind of holding it together with sticky tape. Um, it, just in terms of numbers, you know, they've lost Sinchenko, mm. they've lost Jesus, they've lost Sterling, they've lost Fernandinho, and they've brought in Haaland and Alvarez and Phillips. And you're kind of going, well, that's a net loss so far in terms of bodies mm. through the door. So even if they go yeah. like for like and they get a, they get a fullback in, they're still like for like from last season. It doesn't really address that issue, does it? Yeah, well, I've kind of I've talked about this before in the sense that I don't I get the numbers thing in the sense of okay, maybe if they had another I don't know, would you say another top forward? Maybe it would make a difference in those games um, to somebody around the squad. But then obviously for the rest of the season, you talk about those four games there, which are obviously crucial. But if you talk about the other 50-odd and one of these top players isn't getting in the squad or Bernardo's playing even less or whoever, you know, everyone's playing less. We've already just seen three players go because they're not playing enough. Um, you know, it, it makes the problem worse. So in terms of the size of the squad, yeah, it is a bit small, but also it's difficult to put that right. Um, yeah, I mean, going into this season with one less is definitely not ideal. But my point around that Liverpool game in the FA Cup semi-final was, and maybe I'm just being a bit obtuse, but I don't think it is numbers. I think it's quality. And by that, I mean, you put Jesus and Sterling in. By rights, it was the same against um, Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final of the season before. You put Jesus and Sterling in, and then it was Ferran Torres the season before. Um, and players like that, you, you need them to do the business. And they didn't do the business in those games. So it's a quality issue rather than a, a quantity thing. Yeah. So I suppose from, from, from that perspective, you're looking at this season and you're hoping that I'm trying to think if there's a similar run and there's an FA Cup semi-final against, let's say, a Tottenham team who are doing really well and Haaland's knackered and Foden needs a rest and who else would be up front, Mahrez or whatever, then you're going to be hoping that Grealish, Alvarez and Cole Palmer could do the job. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Because um, you've still got three quality players there. And that's the thing. Like when it was the Chelsea game and it was what, Torres, Jesus and Sterling, you'd like to think that those players could do the job, but they couldn't. Um, so I, I did think okay, in an ideal world, the squad would have two more quality players in it, or maybe even one more. But that is practically very difficult. Uh, but I do think it comes down to quality. And like that chance, was it was it Jesus missed at, at Wembley against Liverpool? Yeah. When it was like 20 minutes to go and, and City were really on top? Just classic, fucking classic Gabriel Jesus. Great, great guy, great player, but patchy with his finishing there. And that's the issue. If you've got somebody, let's say if we're talking about Alvarez playing in the semi-final this year, if he puts that away, so it's a quality thing. It's not a it's not a bodies thing. But yeah, like going into it without a another left back, it's an issue. But then there's other issues. Um, all our potential issues, like question marks. Like you talk about Fernandinho going, Jesus going, and Zinchenko. And this sounds like shade at Sterling, but it isn't. But those three guys were very kind of good in the dressing room and like well liked and really like Sterling was well liked as well. But they were all kind of like big smiling faces when they when they weren't playing, you know, great attitude. Whereas, you know, we've we've said that Sterling 
doesn't have a great attitude when he's not playing. He's not disruptive particularly, but kind of by his own admission, or at least the, the admission of those around him, that he's not happy when he's not playing and therefore he's not going to sign a new contract at City if he's not playing and blah, 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 blah. Now he's at Chelsea. So they've, they've, they've lost those good guys. And it's funny, the question before this one that you asked to Paul, the way you worded it in terms of Grealish and, and Mares, and if they'd have had a, an overlapping fullback, um, somebody around the squad after the game, and I was speaking to Paul about this the other day, so he knows who it was, but let's just say somebody around the squad after the game thinks that you know Walker might not be helped by the fact that ahead of him City have lost that pace of Sterling and Jesus, which is what we've talked about before. And also, there's an element of Grealish and Mares are being asked to make the runs in behind, which isn't really their game. They used to carry in the ball, um, but as when I was having this conversation with Paul, he rightly pointed out. You've got Foden and Alvarez, who are incredibly aggressive. Like Foden did that job at Wolves away at the end of the season, stretching him behind perfectly. And we'll see with Alvarez, but I've I've seen from watching him from at River Plate. And the article I put up today, um, with speaking to all his coaches and scouts and stuff, he's incredibly aggressive when there's space to run into behind. So it, it it's probably a bit of an adaptation for Grealish and, and Mares. And it's not so much a fullback thing, but a kind of their adaptation thing. But yeah. with Foden and Alvarez you have got people who are very kind of um, adept at doing that. And it's just going to be a case of seeing how the season goes, whether they've got enough bodies or not, whether they've got no, too many new players or players who need to gel, whether you've got a different dynamic in the dressing room because you've lost key figures. There's just there's just so many interesting things about City this summer, um, well, this season, that you know we'll, we'll find out the answers to in the coming weeks. Yeah, I, w- I mean the the other aspect of of uh, this poll is that the the the, the way I, I put that question to you, I was worried about um, City being narrow with um, Mares and uh, and Grealish on the on the wings. Um, Foden and Alvarez on the wings makes them very wide, so th- th- they do yeah. have options there. Yeah, 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 they do have options, and I think I mean um, when Sam now was speaking about Julian, um, it reminded me again about Cunagüero and his live stream because he was speaking a lot about Julian um, and how he. How aggressive he is, like on training. Um, how aggressive he is on his movements. Saying that he's a really shy guy in the dressing room. He doesn't. He doesn't enjoy like speaking with the press. He doesn't enjoy like the spotlight. But when he goes inside the football pitch, he's like a tough guy in there. I mean, he goes so hard in training. Um, and I think that you could see that in the minutes that 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 he played up the wing. Also, something that um, I think that we didn't comment. But at some parts in the second half, I think that we could. Uh, we could see City playing in a 4-4-2 with Haaland and, and Julian Alvarez just up front, which is like uh, something that, I don't know, maybe can happen in the future. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah that Julian provides City with a lot of things that probably most of people didn't expect when when we didn't know if he wasn't going to stay even this 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 summer with, with City, if City was going to plan to loan him out again. But yeah, as soon as um, as they saw him, as soon as Pep started training with him, um, I'm sure that he realised that he could be a good help for this squad. Yeah. Sam, I w- I've just got this image now of uh, Guardiola in the pre-West Ham press conference on Friday standing up in front of the uh, desk and uh, quoting Rud- Rudyard Kipling and then saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, City will play 4-4 fucking 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be a good one. And that's that's my that's my question to Guardiola. And like, as Paul says, we we kind of saw a bit of it. And in terms of um, like De Bruyne at the weekend, when De Bruyne went off and Bernardo went up behind the 
the forwards. I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like that. And then Bernardo did drift out wide and Alvarez came in a bit, didn't he? Which is what I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, but I mean, so I guess we've already seen that, but I'm going to ask Pep on Friday, you know, how he, how he plans or if he plans to use Alvarez and Haaland together. Because again, while I was doing this article, and I've been the one saying like, look, he's going to take time to adapt. And, you know, we can't expect too much from Alvarez. But like, while I was doing this article, like the amount of people in Argentina who just think, well, he's going to play as a second striker to Haaland. And it's just really, from what I hear from those guys, it's just, and we look, we don't know if it's going to happen, but it's just really fucking exciting. Like, yeah. if I, to- I, was say, I was saying to Jack earlier, like, if it wasn't for Haaland, I wouldn't be especially excited about this season as a whole, like, not just City, but like the whole season, because I feel like it's going to be very similar to last. But Haaland is like the main enthusiasm driver for me. But then Alvarez as well, like, those two as a partnership, that, that does excite me. Yeah. yeah, and and I actually think that the goal that 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 Julian scored, he benefits a lot from the presence of Haaland. He just scored yeah. the goal because like two defenders are just focused on um, just tying Haaland up, um, and he just goes on his way and and just finds like uh, a spare ball in the box and he just puts it into the net. So I think yeah, we we could see like some potential in there. So uh, let's finish the uh, season preview show with uh, some quick-fire questions. Um, uh, Sam, what does City need to address before the start of the season and in the early weeks? Is it, is it, other than the fullback situation, is there anything else that City need to address? Yeah, it's just kind of like jamming it all together, you know, with a, that opinion from around the squad that, you know, Grealish and Haaland, sorry, Grealish and Mahrez need to do more running in behind. And it's just, it's just things fitting around differently, how they're going to get Alvarez into the team, um, you know, Foden kicking on, Grealish kicking on, how the dressing room... Like I say, there's a, there's lots of, of different things, but with only having two preseason games and then obviously Liverpool, it's like last season. You know, it's it's slowly coming around and look, maybe against West Ham, there'll be a similar kind of result that there was at the end of the season. Obviously, it won't feel quite as catastrophic as that two-all draw did in those stressful days of May. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was another dodgy result at the weekend. Um, but then obviously City went and what, scored 10 in the next two home games against Norwich and Arsenal. So it could be that kind of situation where there might be a slow start. And there's plenty of plenty of things to, to address. But it's mainly because of the, the pre-season preparations they've had, this time maybe of their own design. Because last summer they just didn't have the players, did they? Because they were all at tournaments. This summer it's Guardiola seemingly not liking that many friendlies and giving them an extra, extra time off, which is good for their bodies and good in the long run, but might be... Um, Less good in the in the the short term, but um, yeah, there's there's plenty of things to to sort out, but plenty yeah. of time to do it. Anything for you, Paul? No, no, exactly that. I mean, I'm I'm quite on the same page that Sam here, to be honest. Yeah. Well, uh, other than the fullback, then Paul, is there any transfer business left to do? Do you think? I think that the only concern in that regard would possibly be Frankie de Jong leaving Barcelona and Barcelona going after Bernardo Silva, but that's like a remote possibility as of now as I was saying like on previous podcast no one at City um, contemplates Bernardo leaving right now because I mean I think it's proven in the fact that he has participated in every game possible in this preseason um, but yeah I mean if you ask me what to worry about or what to uh, potentially be concerned about I guess that's that's the only potential big departure yeah do you, do you feel the need to get anybody else in Sam? No, well, I mean, they're not. Is that the well, kind of thing of I need to I need to separate what 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 they're actually going to do and what I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
And all, all I thought all summer is what they're actually going to do. You know, I've not sat here and thought they they need to get a winger for a long time because I know they've not going to. Um, so no, I mean, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm not really going to advise them on what to do because they know better than me. Um, so you know, three months down the line, four months down the line, if they're out of the title picture, I'd hate to find myself writing, oh, they should have bought a winger or whatever because you know, yeah. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't criticizing it now, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, no, uh, well, but uh, like, it, just on the Bernardo thing, it's like the thing for me is just wake up on September the second and, and hope that Bernardo is still there, basically. And I'm yeah. not saying sit and cross your fingers because it's definitely going to happen. But I'm just that's that's the, I, that's more important now than getting a left back. Yeah, because I, I I think even I don't know maybe maybe this is bollocks. It's something I've just thought about now. But I'd say even if they got a left back and sold Bernardo and replaced Bernardo. I'd feel they were better off with not getting the left back and keeping Bernardo. Like, I don't think you need that disruption. I don't think you need that disruption now. You don't need another, you don't need another player who's going to need time to settle in and to lose somebody as crucial as Bernardo. I think that would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm just basically nicking all Aguero's opinions. But <laughs> that, that's, that is like, that's my big goal now for the rest of the transfer window. Just keep Bernardo Silva. Obviously go and get a left back. But the big thing is, is, just keep Bernardo, but I mean, it's difficult because Barca have got these bloody levers, which people are talking about, which is ridiculous. I can't believe that's become a normal f- phrase that's said unironically, these financial levers. Um, but um, he, he does, you know, he, he'd love to go, bless him. So <laughs> I hope he doesn't get his way, which sounds horrible, but it's just, <laughs> it's just ter- like, it's one of those things. If you're going to sell Bernardo, and I know it, this isn't how it works out because Barca couldn't have done it earlier on. It's all reliant on De Jong and all this kind of stuff. But if you're going to sell Bernardo, you can't do it once the season started. You just can't. So Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of uh, resources, Paul, are City better resourced this season to fight on all fronts compared to last season? Have they got? A, 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 has the squad changed uh, for the better? I think it has. I, I think it has. Probably in terms of... Um, it's not just... But, a matter of just analyzing player by player, but analyzing like the team as a whole in terms of I think that the dressing room had this shakeup that Pep was announcing two years ago, and that at some point it had to arrive, and somehow they've they've managed to, to change some pieces now. I, I mean, I've said that, I've, I've just said that, and it's gonna stick back to me when if if City doesn't win any single trophy this season, but. Um, I feel that City has done some business that was needed for the sake of the team, basically. Yeah. Um, which players need a good season, do you think, Sam? Well, Grealish is the obvious one, just because of the pressure on him. And the thing is, you know, we would, you know, well, Paul mainly was talking about how City are very careful in the transfer window and blah, 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 like, which is the same thing that I've written in this article. Obviously, the outlier with that is Grealish, isn't it? Like, you just, you got kind of got to put that on record. Like, you know, they're very careful of not going over 60 million or whatever. And then obviously they went 100 million with Grealish. But because of that, and because of the first season, because of all the fuss around him, and because of the memes and the extra pressure that's on you when you go to a big team in England, like Grealish is the obvious one. Um, but Haaland's another one. I've done a little season preview thing that's going up on Friday. And it's like, who's, it's something like who, who's got the most pressure on them this season? It might be Haaland just because of how everybody is certain that he's amazing. Yeah, the reputation. And it's going to work. And then obviously we've seen already the fallout from Saturday with the memes and stuff. And it's just like, well, a few more games like that. Um, you know, you know and, and you're really going to have people on your back. So it's the, it's the guys with the most, the biggest price tags and the biggest hype, you know, and all the biggest hype. Yeah. So, so Grealish and Haaland, I'm trying to think of others. Edison? But the others is just as you'd expect. Um, no, that's not a bad take. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that is a good uh, that is a good shout because I think the rest, none of them are in like any kind of negative credit. It's just what's well, keeping what you're doing, lads. But with Edison, it's like, yeah, if you could make a few more saves, mate, that'd be great. Yeah, especially yeah. with Ortega, because I'm not saying Ortega is going to be number one by the end of the season, but it's a new pressure, isn't it? Like, if Stefan was still here, you wouldn't be expecting, you know, Edison could be kind of as shit as he wanted and would probably carry on in goal. But with Ortega, it's almost like, well, we can give you a game now if we feel like it. So, yeah, yeah that's a good shout. I think the others are kind of are there. But in terms of like, you could say De Bruyne, because if De Bruyne has a bad season, then you might go, shit, you know, he, they City so need De Bruyne to kind of do his rampaging thing and score all the goals and get the assists like he did last season. Um, but yeah, the rest of them are kind of just carry on as you are. But Grealish and Haaland are the ones with the expectation and Edison's a good shot. Yeah. You've, you've been playing with me too much. Can you make a few more saves, mate? That's uh, that's how it works. <laughs> um, uh, Paul, what would be a successful season for City this year? Because I, I, I always I always struggle with this question when it comes to, oh, City must win X, Y, or Z. Because like, it's not as simple as that. And I'm trying to I'm trying desperately to change the, the discourse around football clubs about how about what defines success. So what would define success for City this season? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go uh on the Guardiola way with that answer. And I'm gonna say that a success is just get into May and be alive in the in all competitions. I mean, yeah. um, and if you're playing like semi-finals from the Champions League, good for you. If you're playing um, the last five games weeks of the of the Premier League with the chance to win the title, that's really good for you. And if you're in alive in the cups, I mean, that's that's another bonus. I mean, that's what you have to ask for to a team like City, like Liverpool, like Real Madrid, Barcelona, just to yeah be in a position that you can fight for everything and I think that this team has proven that um, he has a quite good winning record in the past so if they get in that position they can get things on but basically but yeah what I think that what fans have to demand the team is that basically yeah Sam does uh, the contract situation with Guardiola need sorting if only to stop me asking this question every single podcast um uh, see, I've completely forgotten about that as a talking point because there's so many other things. And I think that goes to show how things will look in the next yeah. few weeks. Because if City are struggling or they don't win like five out of their first seven games, then it'll be like, oh, is this a distraction? Does this need sorting out? You, you know, you remember how it was in that pandemic behind closed doors season yeah. when it when the, the situation needed resolving. But it was also because City were playing by their so, standards. Yeah, they poor, started badly. Poorly, yeah. And the results were poor. So it all kind of... And it's one of those things when there's something like that, we look for the reasons and we normally go for the most obvious reasons, even if they're not the most relevant. And so, yeah, if City carry on the season like they finished last in, well, in terms of winning, playing well, it won't be talked about so much. But if the start of the season's poor, because the thing is, it'll be because of all these changes we just mentioned. But I think the obvious thing will be all the contract. So it, we'll see how much of a talking point it is. But I, I do think it's a bit of a strange situation Um to go into the season, uh, I, I suppose it speaks to just how much trust there is at the club between all parties. But it is a bit of a strange one, and I'd be surprised if it was decided at the end of the season. I'd, maybe it gets to same for me, like the stage it did before, where it's like no, November, November time. December time, and yeah. they go right, let's do it. Um, I don't know. Might help. Not, there's I'm a World Cup in there this, to panic this if year, it doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because any Guardiola can just go to the Maldives for like a whole month or something. Yeah. Uh, and go and have the chat. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying be worried if it's not sorted by then, but if it's not sorted by then, I might be like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, a bit interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But I mean, look, there's so many challenges for him, isn't there? Everything we've just talked about, and there'll be a million things that he's spotting that we haven't. Like, it's such an interesting challenge for him. I'm sure he wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't want to knock it on the head now. I was going to say, Paul, just, this, just, this, as it's this, all, yeah. just as it's all starting. This is it, isn't it? It feels like such a pivotal summer, and you can't like you can't have one season of this and go. Maybe that's just the city fan in me going. Listen, I'd, I'd like this guy to stay around forever, but like. You can't, you can't give it up after just this one year of of having uh, of the the players that he's got this summer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really fair shout, and I think that um, City has done a good job to um, provide Pep with the kind of thing that he needed to to for him to have a new challenge, basically, which is what he needs to feel that he still has a job to do. I think that City has done this, this summer probably what Barcelona couldn't do when 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 Pep Guardiola was there. Just like do this, do this kind of changes within the squad um, in a smooth way um, to keep the team fresh and everyone with the hunger that they need to keep fighting for trophies. Yeah, I think it's a fair shout, but you can never guess what's what's going on on his mind. To, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Final question then, uh, Sam. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, which one of us is going to be thrown out the most city events this season? Uh... <laughs> Mm-hmm. How were we all? Did we all? Have we all level? Uh, no, I've never from been the, thrown. I've never from the unveiling. No, 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 no. We, got, we got thrown off. We got thrown off the spiral before the unveiling. Yeah, but that, that doesn't count, does it? Doesn't it? It was a nice pre-season warm-up of things to come. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, if you want a serious answer, it'll be me, won't it? But I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna say I'll be on best behaviour this year. But I was on best behaviour before, so <laughs> <sighs> breathe. <laughs> There we go, Paul. Me, me and you are safe, aren't we? We, uh, we, we, we know what the game is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been thrown out to from a lot of parties, but yeah, hopefully, it's not going to happen a lot this season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we'll uh, we'll bring it to an end for this week's wire whistles. Yeah, there. Right. Thank you very much to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers, lads. You go again. And to Paul Bias. Thank you very much. Don't forget, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just use the code Man City Pod. <laughs> The Athletic.